I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Well, we're going to recap Arkansas's impressive 20-10 to 10 win over the Texas A&M Aggies in Arlington. Just got back there yesterday. Uh, it was it was quite a trip and uh, and a lot of things to talk about. But we also got to look ahead to Georgia, the number two ranked Georgia Bulldogs and the number eight ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. And before we get started on all that, I want to remind you one more time, There's this is the last day to sign up. It's two months right now for $1 at Hog Sports. Two months for $1. It breaks down to 1.6 cents a day. 1.6 cents a day. 11 cents a week, 50 cents a month. I mean, that's a great deal. So you want to go to hogsports.com and sign up for that deal today. There's no promo code or anything required. Just go to hawgsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You'll see the banner ad right there. You have until 10.59 p.m. tonight. It's Monday. You have until 10.59 p.m. tonight to sign up for that deal. So from your number one independent source on the Razorbacks, this is Hogsports Live. All right, everybody. Yes, indeed. Be sure to sign up for our special offer. You're going to be glad that you did, uh, especially with so much going on with Razorback football. we got basketball stuff coming up, I think. I guess this week, Curtis Wilkerson and our uh, guy, Andrew, um, Andrew Ellis, will be over there for the basketball um, practice, and we'll be able to get a little bit of insight on the start of the season. That'll be fun to do, obviously. But I want to jump right into this game. Obviously, uh, a lot of intrigue with the Georgia actually we want to go back to uh actually what we want to do is we want to we want to keep up with the housekeeping housekeeping stuff so first Arkansas earns its highest ranking since 2012 that 2012 team wasn't deserving of that ranking necessarily it was kind of a carryover from the 2011 season Bobby Petrino motorcycle accident all that stuff so it's it's interesting that everything's kind of come full circle here but Arkansas is number eight right now in the Associated Press poll number 11 in the USA Today coaches poll number 14 in the ESPN FBI, number seven in the ESPN Power Rankings. So the formula doesn't like Arkansas as much as the computers do. Obviously a really tough game this weekend. This game kind of reminds me a little bit of 98, going to Tennessee. Hopefully for Arkansas a little bit different outcome than that one, but it kind of reminds me of that where Arkansas didn't really have a whole lot of hope. Not a lot of people gave Arkansas a chance to go down there and, and show well. And uh, I think Arkansas may have moved up to number eight or nine after that game, like maybe actually moved up in the rankings because so many people watched that game, but uh, even though they lost. So I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that. You know, like we can talk about should Arkansas have a chance? They're, what, 18-point underdogs? Uh, no, nobody should really be picking Arkansas to win this game. You know, Georgia, unlike some teams that Arkansas has faced recently, has some heart, okay? They've got talent and heart, well-coached, all of those things. You know, so it's a little bit different than Texas A&M, who's still kind of filling things out. So it's a little bit different. So nobody should pick Arkansas to win, but teams lose, okay? Uh, upsets happen all the time. There's a top five, and pretty much all those teams are going to lose at some point during the season, most of the time. Not always, but it feels like most of the time, at least lately, the number one ranked team in the country, the team that wins the national championship, has a loss on their record, okay? And a lot of teams that you thought were going to be a certain thing fall off and and get a couple of losses, okay? So it happens in college football. Like, people say stuff like, you're insane if you think this can happen or that can happen. I mean, what did we see last, this past weekend? Nobody was expecting some of the things that happened this past weekend. It's the way college football is. You play the games for a reason. You don't just go off the rankings. So – it's going to be a battle for Arkansas. Georgia is immensely talented. They're very physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage. But Arkansas's Arkansas's got some fight in them. I mean, and they got some men, some grown grown men playing for this team. Traylon Burks and Trey Williams earn SEC weekly honors. Burks finished with six catches for 167 yards with a touchdown. Came out of the game late. Had a boot on in the press conference. Sam Pittman says him and K.J. Jefferson, who was also banged his knee up. 
says both those guys are going to be fine, probably. Probably be limited a little bit today in practice, though. I imagine KJ is probably pretty sore. I'm not sure exactly what Burks' injury is, but he seems to, to live in that boot when he's not on the field. Trey Williams, his contribution is immeasurable. It's You can't just say two sacks. Wow, what a great job, because he also drew two holding penalties. Uh, he drew a false start. That uh, Johnson kid on the, at left tackle, uh, he was – he false started several times, in my opinion. I thought that he got an early jump because he was worried about Trey Williams. Got called for a false start once, but uh, I just thought Trey Williams was fantastic. Definitely deserving of these honors. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about, and we can argue like, was the Ohio State Oregon game bigger, or you know, like, was uh, you know this week is uh, is Ole Miss and Alabama bigger than Arkansas Georgia? But you can argue that Arkansas, three out of five weeks, this week coming up included, three out of five, has played the biggest game in college football for three weekends out of the five. Now, you again, you can make some arguments for some other teams, but Arkansas is in the conversation. They're one or two. They're one or two playing the biggest game in college football. Who would have predicted that? I mean, like, sure, we might have said, you know, Arkansas is going to be better than people think. It's a brutal schedule. Arkansas is going to be better. But, I mean, they have a chance to shake some stuff some stuff up going to Athens. And it's a, it's a team that Sam Pittman knows very well, knows their roster, knows their coaches, knows tendencies and all those types of things. Stuff happens in college football. I'm not going to predict Arkansas to win this game. Most people won't in their right mind. However, crazy things happen. The crazy people get it right sometimes. Arkansas and Ole Miss kickoff time and channel kind of announced. It's either going to be on ESPN at 11 a.m. Central Time or it's going to be on 2.30 on CBS. This is not this week but the next week. So I, I, I guess they're going to announce the game on Sunday morning. And that's – it's a little annoying that it, it happens like that. Like, you know, NFL schedules things much farther out. Uh, and this with the SEC and, you know, college football, but the SEC in particular, it's it's 12 days out when they typically announce. And then every once in a while CBS can exercise. I think they have two times where they can exercise um, their six-day option to uh, to decide later. Now, not too distant future, ESPN is going to have the whole SEC package. So I would expect from that point them to start, like, planning stuff a little farther out, probably never have to deal with the hopefully the six hour window but you know the georgia game is 11 o'clock it's a top 10 matchup on espn at 11 a.m and there's a possibility that the next week it could be 11 a.m on espn now i think if alabama or georgia falls to ole miss or arkansas if one of those teams fall ole miss wins or arkansas or arkansas wins either way i think it's possible that it's a 230 game on cps just one of those teams has to win i think that's kind of how I, I would see it playing out. Not necessarily both. If both, there's no question, CBS 230. But if one of them wins, or you know, and probably need both teams to show up and play well. Some intriguing games there next weekend. I'll be in Athens. Will you be going to Athens? Athens is the farthest out state. So I've been to all 14 SEC venues. Uh, Athens is the – Sanford Stadium is the last one out of – I've been to 13 more recently. I don't know how to put that for some reason. I've been to 13 SEC venues more recently than I've been to Athens. So looking forward to going down there. It's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Dad, October 1st. So I'll be able to see him. Uh, he lives in Georgia, obviously, in Wrightsville. Um, and uh, I just w- I wanted to give a shout-out also, um, my Uncle Bill and uh, and his family. And uh, he, he passed away. Um, man, it's, I don't even think it's been two months Uh one of the biggest Georgia fans you would ever meet, though. And uh, he passed away from complicated complications to, to COVID. He was 74 years old. And uh, I would have loved it for him to have seen this one. All right. Um, I think we got to all the main housekeeping stuff. So today we, we spoke to Sam Pittman. I was there in person, like I always am. I just want to say that, like, you know, people are critical and sometimes people have such harsh opinions and things like that. But like, I like to think that I am very honest in my opinion and tell people exactly what I think. 
and I go show up in person and look the people in the, in the eye that I'm talking about and that I'm criticizing. I, I, I think it's real easy for a lot of people out there and pundits and stuff just to have a negative attitude and cynical about everything and, and not show your face. And that happens all over the country. I'm not just talking about Arkansas, but you see that all over the country. People have such harsh, angry opinions and say such pointed stuff. Show up. Show up and say it. That's not directed at anybody. Just a blanket statement. So uh, Pittman updated. I asked him about Jefferson and Burke's first question. They're sore. Both of them are sore. And as I mentioned, probably a little bit limited today, but they don't expect any any issue uh, with them being able to play on Saturday. A lot of talk about the the transfer defensive linemen. Georgia losing seven starters on defense, but still are great. And we'll get into Georgia Georgia statistics and stuff. Um, I talked to Dominic Johnson's parents after the game. They were super nice. And, uh, you know, I, I noticed that because they had, you know, Dom, D. Johnson on the back, or one, I think that his mom did, uh, but they were super nice. But I, I, that was something I was curious about and asked Sam Pittman, like, because we didn't see Dominic Johnson in the game until the second half. And he's a guy that, in my opinion, has been running as well as anybody, maybe better than anybody. Because I, I think I said on the show the other day that, like, Dominic may be running better than anybody. A.J. Green's a guy that I view as having a, a super high ceiling, maybe the highest ceiling out of any of the backs. And, you know, both those guys had their moments on Saturday. But we didn't see Dominic until uh, until the second half. But that wasn't by plan. They didn't discuss that in their meeting. They weren't uh, – you know, they were limited a little bit on plays in the first half. But it wasn't anything other than just the way the game played out. But Pittman mentioned that, you know, they need to make sure they get him in, early, in earlier because he, he sees the same thing I do, I think. Let's see. Talked a lot about learning different things from Kirby. Smart. Obviously, he was there for four years. I think that's kind of the main things. You know, talked about defense. I mean, I'm just trying to, like, sort through here and find some of the key things. But um, I think that's pretty much it, the main stuff. You know, we talked – it seems like every week we talk about yelling at players and not yelling at players and, and that kind of stuff. Um we're going to talk to Danny West today, but uh, Danny had some stuff come up, so we weren't able to get to him. But Danny predicted an 11-point Arkansas win against Texas A&M. I picked Texas A&M. I caught a lot of flack from Aggie fans, and I get it. I mean, you're, you're a fan. You can't see anything other than your own team and all that stuff. You can't understand how anybody can predict your team not winning. Um, a lot of trash talk between these two fan bases. It wasn't just Aggie fans. Arkansas fans were in there, too. Uh, but, I mean, I, people were telling me, like, how can you be objective? How could you objectively say that Arkansas could win the game if everybody plays equal, that Arkansas wouldn't somehow need some special help and stuff? And I, I see a lot of, like, we, we, we did this. We shot ourselves in the foot. We did that. That's what football is. That's what comes down to having a team, a good team or a bad team, is the mistakes you make and then having the athletes. I mean, I feel like a broken record saying that, but I get so sick of everybody saying, well, we did this. It was our fault that that happened. No, you just got beat. You got beat by a team that's better. You got some really good players on there. And I'll say the same thing that I said after the Texas game is it doesn't end for you right now, Texas A&M. There's a lot of football to be played. Look at Texas. Texas has bounced back. They're getting things figured out. So – you know, who knows what happens. You get Haynes King back, maybe you get the, the ship righted. I, I think, I mean, this is a this is a, a fan base that's like talking about, like, I know, I know it's knee-jerk. You know, you settle down a little bit, and, you know, by Wednesday everything's fine. You're about to beat the crap out of the next opponent. But talking about, like, firing coaches and stuff after winning 11 straight games and <laughs> talking about firing coaches. So, anyway, I had uh, – I had talked myself, and I mentioned this on the walk and talk, but I'd kind of talked myself in on this game like the night before. So I'm watching more video of the game. I'm in my hotel room, and I, I'm writing the article, my last article that's going to run Saturday. And basically I'm just like, man, I, I just feel like Arkansas is going to beat the crap out of these guys. I really do. And I'm watching the video, and I'd been talked out of it a little bit mainly from Aggie fans, I guess. I, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking, like, man, what if I predict Arkansas to win by two touchdowns here and, and they lose and I'm going to catch it from everybody. And I was upset with myself a little bit because I don't normally do that. I normally just say what I think. And I did predict Arkansas to win 28-24, which has them covering and all that kind of stuff. 
great. But I wanted to pick more after watching that. I already made my prediction. I did leave myself a message. I left my I, I, right before I went to bed. I texted Danny and I said, "Do you kind of feel like Arkansas is going to beat the cra- like beat the crap out of Texas A and M?" And he's like, "They look like a team that's replacing their starting quarterback and offensive line and replacing their starting quarterback again." That's what Danny said, who picked them by 11. That's the widest margin I saw any media person pick Arkansas. And, again, I said this before, but it was a 10-point win for Arkansas. It felt like a 17-21 point win. It felt like just utter domination. And it was a very defensive battle. This is what I'd left myself. I didn't play the message, but I kind of paraphrased what I'd left earlier. But here's here's the message. I, I And I never do this. not like I just sit around and be like, hey, Trey, this is a, a message from the past. But for some reason, I did that at like 11.29 p.m. on Friday night and then turned the lights out. If I had said this, it would have jinxed the whole thing. There have been penalties, turnovers, terrible calls from the referees, all this kind of stuff. So you have to understand that side of it. But, yes, this is kind of the coward's way out. And I'm coming to you from the past to tell you something that you already know. And that is that Arkansas has just soundly beaten Texas A&M. And... The reason I know that is because you can turn on the video and see it. Arkansas's got a better team. Everybody's scared to say that, but it's true. People will pick Arkansas to win a close game or Texas A&M to win a close game or Texas A&M to win handily. But nobody's picking Arkansas just to soundly beat Texas A&M. But that's what just happened. You saw it. I know it's going to happen. I can see it too. Anyway, that's what I've got for you from the past. I'm sorry I wasn't able to tell you ahead of time, but it's not like I'm making a bunch of recordings for different scenarios. I'm just telling you this is what's happening. All right. that's Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And just to show you, I, I wrote an article. It was VIP. I do an opinion piece before every game. That's just me kind of saying kind of the same stuff where I also said that uh, um, I think Arkansas has a chance to beat them convincingly on Saturday. And if you want to read our VIP content, my opinion piece is Danny West recruiting information, Curtis's fantastic basketball coverage and recruiting coverage, and our new guy, Andrew Ellis, who's doing a good job, then uh, you want to sign up. Again, 10.59 p.m. tonight is when the deal ends, and uh, it is $1 for two months, 50 cents a month. It's a great deal. And if you like it, you want to keep it after that, you get Paramount Plus for free. It's a $100 annual value for absolutely free for as long as you're subscribed to Hog Sports. Five years, 10 years, whatever. $500, $1,000 worth of Paramount Plus for absolutely free. It's a great deal. It's a great bonus. And it's a great, it's a great deal without that. But just to get that, it's just a nice little added boost. All right. One last quick look here. I thought it was a little bit of fool's gold on the first play because they were holding. Aki Agabuyaya. Sorry. Don't mean to disrespect you, but that's a tough name. <laughs> but the the left guard was holding Trey Williams. Absolutely impacted the play. Pillar, Spiller picked up 12 yards. Uh, so there's a little bit of fool's gold by them, but I thought it was real gold for Arkansas after that. Um, and I thought the holding call, there was a holding call right after that because a 16-yard run by Traylon Burks. And then a little while later, there's a holding call by Traylon Burks, and we keep seeing that wide receivers for Arkansas get called for holding, and they're not holding. There was nothing wrong with it. You're inside. You got the jersey. You release when he's trying to go. I mean, he never tugged at him. It was a terrible call. I totally disagree with it. So basically, a 25-point swing with the yardage you got from that 
from that play, the yardage that was taken off, and then not calling the other play. Just like that, 25 points. There are other miss, missed calls. I thought on the bobbled pass by Max Wright, the A&M backup tight end, um, I thought Kenyon Green grabbed – I know he did. I don't think – he grabbed Hayden Henry's face mask when he's coming to make the tackle. I mean, it just pulls him like this, and this kid goes and picks up, you know, a good bit of yardage. They picked up a couple more first downs, but I mean, and then they got stopped, but still, ridiculous. On Arkansas's first punt of the second half, Tyreek Chappelle was holding – I don't know if that's how you say his name, Chappelle, Chappelle – was holding T.J. Hammonds the entire way down the field. And then, like, T.J. took accepted, and, and Chappelle's like, <laughs> thinks they're about to throw hands. I just thought that was a weird interaction. And then um, later, when A&M's uh, specialist, whoever it was, who was blocking, um, was pushed down and then tripped T.J. Hammonds, and he, and he ran into uh, uh, to the kick return guy, and they called kick-catch interference. That was, that was another bad call. So and I, I saw like A and M fans, you know, arguing over like, well, that's a targeting penalty on this call or this penalty. I'm just saying, I'm just meaning to show like it goes both ways. Like we notice things on both sides, and yeah, I can agree with that. Also, I could have seen Monteric Brown's interception being overturned, or I could have seen it going that the other way. I think it kind of just depend on how it was called on the field. Same way with Traylon Burks' catch. I mean, kind of how it was called on the field it was so close. I did think that Traylon was probably out, but still incredible. Incredible how he did that. Uh, but Monteric, I did feel like he had possession of it. And like a few years ago, you know, at least in the NFL, there was this huge debate over like, what is a catch? Like if, if a guy's catching the ball and he has possession of it all the way, but it hits the ground at any point, even though he has locked onto it, like we're arguing that that's not a catch. And, that's, and for a while in the NFL, it wasn't. And, and you know, they kind of changed the definition of it. And I think they've got it right now. He had control of it, even though it hit the ground, he had, he had control of it. Uh, Gary Danielson had a call that he missed uh, when he was on review uh, with 12.07 to play in the half. And I Smith uh, clearly ran out of bounds on his own. But for some reason, they kept looking at the wrong guy. They kept looking at uh, at uh, Jalen Preston, who was li- uh, Ladarius Bishop was lined up against. So Ladarius Bishop's lined up against Jalen Preston. And, yeah, he pushes him out of bounds. And they keep cutting the thing off. And he's like, he clearly he's like pushing him out of bounds. But that wasn't even the, that wasn't even the guy who caught the ball. He came across on a crossing pattern and ran out of bounds on his own. So, um, a missed call by me, I said, uh, on Twitter with 5.08 to play for the half. Uh, they had, when they had the four players, like, in the diamond formation lined up, I'd initially thought that, like, maybe they had a guy, um, you know, that was covered up, that was lined up and, and tricked A&M to covering it, but that wasn't the case. Uh, it was, you know, Kern didn't have anybody covered up, and he was eligible also. So, uh, I was wrong on that. Uh, I, I still disagree with uh, Pittman. Like, the one thing that I've disagreed with Pittman is the fourth and two call against Georgia Southern and then um, – not Georgia Southern, against Rice. And then um, this going for it on fourth and one, at least the play call especially, like not just giving it to, to K.J., uh, in that particular situation. Of course, I probably would have been like, great call, gutsy call if they'd have made it. But I do – and I've said this a lot of times, I feel like teams think that they have to win a game, you know, when they get down there or they, there's so many points scored in college football or their touchdowns are so rare to come by to get down there. we got to get seven. We can't just get three here. And I think it hurts teams all the time, and, it, and I think it hurt Arkansas a little bit in terms of the momentum. They score there. It's 20 to nothing. Then they kick off. Vito Calvaruso is kicking it into the end zone or the back of it. You know that. Uh, and then they got 75 yards to go in about two minutes with that offense. I don't know if they're doing that. So, um, And they, I think they got a ticky-tack uh, pass interference call that I didn't necessarily agree with either uh, on that drive. But I, I just kind of disagree with that. I, and there's two things I hate. I, I, I I, I don't hate it. I, I mean, it, it's it's you got to go by momentum and all that kind of stuff and how the game's playing out. But there, it was you know a chance to go up twenty nothing. You know, you get one more score, one more field goal after that, and that's you know that's 23, 23 points to overcome. So instead of you know three touchdowns, it's three touchdowns plus. You know, so uh, I guess I just kind of disagree with it. But I, I do, and I've said this a number of times. I just get fed up a little bit sometimes with it's a big play. Burks made a great catch, 21-yard catch on when they needed 22. It's a great play. It's hurt to the line of scrimmage and running up the middle because it always seems like it just it kind of gets stuffed. And that's being super nitpicky on me because Kendall Browse has been calling fantastic offense and especially did in this one too. 
I mentioned Trey Williams. I talked about him. I mean, like there's so many instances where he affected the play, and not just him, you know, but John Ridgway was fantastic. I mean, up front, it's I, I feel like we almost overlooked Mark Elutzi. A lot of guys playing well for Arkansas up front. Um, the lack of respect from – I don't know what Texas A&M was thinking, but the lack of respect in this game, I'm not sure what Elko was thinking, Mike Elko. But when they had uh, – they had Burke singled up, and they I believe they put Tyson Morris in motion, so, you know, it's man, and they're pressed. And I, I was in the press box, and I said, Burks is singled up. Burks is singled up, like, out loud. And I'm, I'm watching with my binoculars because you're so high up there. So I watched basically the whole game like this with my binoculars. And I knew it was coming. Uh, Kendall Browse probably knew it was coming. You go back and watch on video, you can see the call come in because it's got a close-up. I watched it last night, but it's got a close-up of, of uh, KJ, and he's looking at Kendall Browse, and then you can see him go, like just casually kind of look over at the situation with Burks. Just a subtle thing. You, you could see it, you know. He knew exactly what was going, what was going to happen. They all did, and uh, just a gr- another huge long touchdown catch for Traylon Burks for the second week in a row. All right, and then uh, the catch like with so with four oh three left to play in the, to play in the half. First, how was KJ able to throw the ball forty yards downfield while slipping and falling down? I mean, how was he able to do that? And then Burks made that great catch. Just so impressive. Such a good athlete. There was something else I wanted to point out here. My notes are kind of jumbled. Oh, yeah. So, the the little post-wheel wheel route combination that they ran with Burks where he got open for the 27-yard pickup. Um Great play call again. But uh, I think that pass was supposed to be thrown farther down the field, but A&M was closing in on, on Jefferson, and Jaden Peavy got away, I thought, there with hands to the face on Jefferson. Of course, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have accepted the penalty, but, it's, I mean, <laughs> it was hands to the face. Special teams, I mean, special teams has been a lot better this year, but it's still like – it's like really the first real special teams moment, you know, like important moment. And Arkansas is going to kick a field goal. Blake Kern had a little bit of a rough stretch here. He had a rough game overall. He had, you know, dropped that pass in the end zone, which, you know, if he didn't even go up and tip it, then Jaqueline Crawford might have caught it. It was a really bad decision by Malik Hornsby, and we'll get to Malik a little bit. But, um, you know, you had uh, – so he had a false start. He had a drop. And then, you know, they go out for the field goal unit and he's not out there and somebody else wasn't also and they only had nine players out there. So here's a situation where you got a 47-yard field goal attempt in a different environment for the first time for your freshman kicker and you have to ice your own kicker. You had to call timeout and ice your own kicker. And you couldn't see this on TV, but you're at the game. It was like the referee, like Arkansas is lined up, ready to go. They've got that little thing that, you know, counts down how much time's left in the commercial timeout. And the referees are just like up in – Cam Little's face, you know, and and up in Reed Bauer's face, you know, just like – and they're just kind of standing there. And I'm just thinking, man, this is just awkward. Like, I, I thought he would probably miss the field goal just because of the way the situation was. But kid's clutch. Nice kick by him. The last Arkansas touchdown – Arkansas won by two score, but the last Arkansas touchdown ended after the third play of the second quarter. Third play of the second quarter, 16 minutes into a 60-minute game clock. That was the last touchdown for Arkansas. Now, I thought they could have probably gotten in another time when Malik Hornsby was in there. They got down to the one-yard line, and then Bo Lemmer jumped off sides. I didn't see any clapping, though. Like, Arkansas was saying that Texas A&M was clapping to jump them off, to make him jump off sides. I, did, I just didn't see that. So, I, I think that he just jumped. Maybe he heard something else. I don't know, but it, but he just jumped. And and then that was pretty ill-advised throw by Malik to, you know, elude pressure and all that stuff and get outside and then throw across his body like that. 
you never want to do that. I mean, that into traffic because that was such a significant play. Like if that ball gets intercepted, then you're just up seven points and all that was for not. You know, you got that big interception you had to have. You got a nice run from Malik. And then you make a mistake and throw the ball across your body. That just can't happen. You've got to get the field goal there. You've got to go up two scores. You can't just like desperation heave into the end zone. It's just not a smart play. And that's something I think him having that experience, getting into a game in a meaningful moments like that. And, yeah, we saw that, okay, Malik's got some things he's got to brush up on. He's got to get better at. But that's going to help him uh, improve as a player. And Arkansas is going to need him again this year. And that was a great point that Sam Pittman made about Malik. Like, you know, the way this offense is, there's going to be a point where we need Malik. You know, I thought the um, – so just to go back to that touchdown, the way it developed. So A.J. Green's lined it up, lined up at wide receiver. Arkansas's in an empty set. So Green shifts in the backfield – and then Edrin Cooper, the linebacker, follows him. So they expose that they're obviously in man defense. I mean, which you, you kind of know by if somebody's ass is pointed to the sideline or not, I guess. But, they, you know, they fully expose that they're in man, man defense. And then, you know, they had that combination on again. So Knox runs a slant, but he's not even really running a, pass, a pattern. He, all he's doing is trying to make it look like he's there to block James. And he gets in front of him, and then he moves. He doesn't screen him off or anything. It's just like just that little bit of hesitation by James. And you got a guy who runs 10, 3, 800 meters slipping out on a wheel route. Nicely set up 48 yards later. And he showed everything on that run, didn't he? He showed the speed. He showed the balance. He showed the quickness, the agility. I think we said last week on this show at some point that A.J. Green is going to make an influential run in an important moment in a game. And that wasn't necessarily a run, but it was a catch and run. Obviously, when KJ came out, and I thought that could have been called unnecessary roughness, there's always a big emphasis on when you have a quarterback and he's you know, running to the sideline and obviously dedicated to going out of bounds, especially when you're at that marker with the chain gang, because that is a dangerous position. That's a dangerous spot to go out of bounds because you got the chains there and players get injured there all the time. And that was a pretty aggressive shove out of bounds. I thought that they probably could have thrown the flag on that. Uh, but anyway, they didn't. So Malik came in, had some plays here and there, but overall um, looked a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, got bailed out on that one play, but Arkansas recovered. But that uh, there was a they were lined up in the neutral zone uh, where the ball was uh, – it was a handoff. Um and something happened with the mesh point, and I don't know. And then there was another time where he, went, he wasn't looking away, and they snapped the ball at him. So Arkansas had one bad play, really, the, spill, the spiller run, which Grant Morgan takes all the blame for. Grant, <laughs> he played pretty well overall. And I want to give some love to Greg Brooks, because Greg Brooks doesn't get enough love, and I think it's just because he's like – he's the nickel. I don't know what it is, but for some reason he doesn't get – talked about enough but he made play after play 334 to go in the first quarter second and 10 at the 34 yard line blew up a screen ran through two blockers it's like a six six yard loss i think he did it again later in the game too um nice solo tackle on a crossing route over the middle that forced him to burn a timeout with 33 seconds left so greg brooks is my unsung guy that played really well just because nobody seems to be talking about him so can't believe I forgot to record this, so I'm going to have to download it and upload it to YouTube, and the, probably the audio, the video quality is not going to be as good. So sorry about that, but I forgot. I do that every once in a while. But I want to uh, I want to get to Keith Grayson. Um, Keith was not at the game Saturday, but uh, had some interesting takes from that. And always entertaining. I thought he rung the bell last time after the Texas game, so I wanted to get him on for this one as well. Hey Keith, how you doing, man? Pretty good. I just I never thought to send you voice memos. That's a <laughs> that's a new one. I, do you think you're exposing a little bit too much of your personality on this show? Because you're kind of a weird dude. Oh, I'm definitely a weird person. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, my OCD stuff, the problems I have there, are just um, I mean, they're insurmountable for me. But uh, I don't know. I think people people want to be uh, let inside a little bit to the craziness. 
Yeah, no, I'm a weird, I'm a weird cat, but I don't, I don't talk to myself from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta, uh, you gotta send yourself notes and messages and reminders all the time. <laughs> Do you? Do you? I th- I kind of think that you talk to yourself, like maybe somebody else is in your head a little bit talking to you, maybe, which also makes you kind of crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, how about football? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I saw your your video that you sent me, and you have your grass still growing that you tore off from the forty yard line of the Texas game, and it looks like it's 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 flourishing, uh, and Arkansas flourishing also. The grass, the grass is growing, and the crazy thing is, I mean, you know, and I I kind of mentioned it when I sent to you. I guess that does kind of like a voice memo for me, but uh, I um, it's just insane that. In week five, like, this has playoff implications. I know, you know, Frank Broyles would say, they remember November. But, I mean, we're sure as hell going to remember this September, you know. I mean, and and I know there's a lot of season left, Mm -hmm. and we're probably getting out ahead of it a little bit. But, I mean, college game day ain't going to see Georgia. Like, the Arkansas Razorbacks are the show right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they wouldn't be there unless we're doing what we're doing. So college game day is for us, even though we're 18-point dogs. But Vegas hasn't had us right all season. Yeah. Hey, just real quick with the, with the Texas A&M game, what were your emotions going throughout that game? Were you, were you feeling Arkansas, or what were you thinking? I, the first series for both offense and defense, I just felt like we were going to be able to do whatever we want. You, I know most fans are probably saying, like, hey, when's this – When's the music gonna stop on this? Like we're gonna have to lose momentum at some point. But I've just been kept. I keep on repeating myself. Like why does that have to be the case? Mm-hmm. We're the most physical team in football right now. Like in in college football, we are the most physical team. May not be the most talented, but I mean their their team. You know the A and M. Those people are still you know griping about the hit on Spiller from Hayden Henry, but they just. We're violent, mm-hmm. and, and, and even even as you're watching the game, I wasn't even mad about the Dominic Johnson crackback because yeah. that right there, it's a man's game, and we got kids that are out there. Malik Hornsby putting their safety on their back out of bounds. Traylon Smith in the on the first run got called back for the second run, called back for holding. We're planning. They're they're on their back all night, and so that to me, that's what I took away from the game is. Every opponent from here on out that plays us, win or lose, we will be the most dominant. We will be the most physical team they play all year. That's what I took away from that game because it's it's and it's consistent. It's week in and week out. We're smacking fools. What do you think about this Georgia game now, Keith? Because uh, I know you, you touched on it a little bit there, but I mean, to me, Georgia has a lot of that quality that Arkansas has in terms of playing with heart and physical and all that stuff. And we know that they recruit one, two, three annually in terms of recruiting rankings. What Does Arkansas have a chance in this game, 11 o'clock in Athens on ESPN? Yeah, they got a chance. The road dogs always – I mean, this time of year, there's some stat put up um, this morning on Twitter that, you know, I think that – Georgia on college game day when they hosted in Athens is nine and seventeen, and at noon kickoff games and top twenty five matchups they're one and four, so that it is to our advantage to play them early. They've uh, hosted game day twenty six times. What are you saying? Yeah, I'll pull it up. I, is that right? That could, be, that could maybe maybe it's uh, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's uh, one and four. Regardless, uh, one and four. Maybe that's that sounds a more realistic. That's a lot. I'm not. You don't have me on to be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that's like having multiple multiple game days. I mean, I know Georgia's been good lately, but um, that seemed like a lot. But uh, yeah, uh, that, that kind of reminds me. Do you remember the K State mask? <laughs> you remember? Do you ever watch him back in the day? He'd do the Kansas State like post game things, and he said, "We just ran for 700 yards on Miami." Well, not quite, but it felt like that, didn't it, Miami? Um, but anyway, uh, still, like, I, I just I just think that Georgia, um, I just think they got a lot of talent. I think it's going to be really difficult. But I, I've kind of compared it a little bit maybe to, like, Arkansas, 
98, you know, when we kind of had these similar types of vibes about the team, you know, like the bond and like playing together and the, you know, Houston Nutt came in, he was the perfect coach for the perfect situation, all that kind of stuff. Um, and Arkansas didn't win that one, but they should have. But nobody really gave Arkansas a chance in that one, even though they were, you know, I think number 10 at the time. I can't remember what they're – I think they finished number eight or nine after that game and actually moved up a little bit. So they played the games for a reason. And it's, you know, they got a formula, too, with Arkansas that we're winning with. I mean, the, the Texas A&M game was the first time in a long time. You didn't have to worry about field position. We're winning the turnover battle. We're not turning it over hardly at all. And it's just you, you play good defense and you run the ball. I mean, that's that's that that makes for a lot of upsets mm-hmm. right there. I mean, if, if we can clean up the penalties, now you're cooking with grease. I mean, now you got something that's there, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it, obviously it's, we're 18 point underdogs. I'm sure the line's going to move and, and up, but I mean, it's, uh, it, the crazy thing is, and I guess what I, what I meant by this weekend, like after my reaction to the game and where Sam Pittman has his heading, we could lose this game and possibly win out. <laughs> I mean, like it, when, when could you ever, I know that's probably like, high in the sky in, a, in my, um, you know, delusions of grandeur being the, the, the fan that I am. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's not – you go on the road and you – I mean, you can you can afford to lose this and still be in the hunt. I mean, that, and that's we, – we haven't had that conversation in a long time. Yeah. Ever. ever. Well, they got some tough ones. I, I love what Sam Pittman said today, just, you know, like – about being ranked number eight and he said he'd rather be ranked eighth and 80th and stuff. And it's fun and all that stuff with fans and stuff. But like, you don't have time to, to have a big head about anything because somebody will humble you really quick when you have Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn all coming up next for you. So, um, I mean, it's, it's a tough slate. Alabama's still on that schedule too, Keith. So, um, it's a, uh, it's a tough slate, but Arkansas has got the best team in years anyway to, uh, to be able to, to handle a schedule like this. And, uh, it's just part of being part of being a Razorback. You're gonna play a tough schedule. Hey, did you see Brad uh, Crawford's latest ranking on quarterbacks? You know he had Arkansas or KJ Jefferson 14th when he came out with the preseason rankings. Everybody in Arkansas is talking about that. But uh, kudos he's a to him. Two four seven guy, right? I mean, yeah, he's a two four seven guy. So mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm officially a part of your network since I'm on your mm-hmm. on your show here. But I, I did technically respond, I we do. keep yeah we keep you at arm's distance so you can uh, you can be more candid and uh, and say things that normally most people wouldn't say. <laughs> My response to Brad on his Twitter um, after he said I I re-ranked him I made a mistake I said apology not accepted you bum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was yeah. going to ask you if you if you would give him some appreciation for uh, for eating his words a little bit and ranking KJ fifth, which uh, I think is more than fair right now. Yeah, he he had Bo Nix ahead of KJ, and KJ last. I mean, he had the Vanderbilt yeah. quarterback. No, no, we shouldn't even give him airtime right now. <laughs> talk about right. Josh Pate. People that like Arkansas. Let's talk about yeah. Josh Pate does a great job. Josh Pate does a great job. Saw him down in uh, in Athens, uh, or excuse me, not in Athens, but uh, in uh, in Arlington. Saw him. Yeah, they are twins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a little more fuzz on top than I do. So, uh, you well, got anything else to add, Keith? Any other takes no, you want to get? So, so it's interesting. I don't know if you've kind of looked into it, but and I was corrected by um, someone online. I think. Hutchinson uh, corrected me, of course, because I'm not as smart as that guy. But um, on Sam Pittman's, I thought it was an incentive deal. We need to start talking about his contract, mm-hmm. where if he gets to six wins, he gets a 250k bump. Seven is 500, and eight is 750. And I thought that was a bonus for the year. Mm-hmm. That is an increase to the remaining years on his contract. Mm-hmm. So technically, if you get to a certain point. You're talking about if he wins eight games, he's getting $3 million. I'd say that's an incentive to win. Not that he needs more incentive or he looks at it that way, but the contract that is is written for Pittman is so different um, than anyone else's mm-hmm. that I, I think that's that's worth mentioning. It's very point. low for Coach of the Year, but I, I think he's in the driver's seat for that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely – He's definitely going to move up in everybody's rankings of, of coaches, and definitely right now is is the coach of the year. 
and we'll see how things go moving forward. But uh, he's going to get his contract's going to be reworked after this season. They always rework them after two years, even if you feel like they do or don't deserve it. Pittman absolutely does so far, and I mean, even no matter. I mean, you don't want to say no matter what else happens, but I have a hard time believing that they're not going to continue to fight. All right, Keith. How fun, how fun is it for you? I'll, I'll end mm-hmm. it with this. How fun is it for you to cover this team now? I mean, every time I hear Pittman talk, I well up. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, every time he says something, I like tears. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. The guy just does something. Is it like covering the team and everything like this? Like, what's your experience been like t- in this month? That's a that's a great question, and it's been it's been fun. I mean, it was fun last year, you know, to see them just to. to to start fighting again and feeling like you're headed in the right direction. But this year has just, it's just been phenomenal because you feel like, you know, Arkansas has got a chance in every game that they play. And, you know, Pittman's been so good to us about, you know, just being honest. I love what he said. You know, he doesn't lie to us. He just keeps stuff from us, <laughs> which I, which I'm fine with, you know, it's up to us to ask the questions. Right. Um, but uh, I just, like I said, after the Texas game, the guy just gets it. And that's what I can appreciate being an Arkansan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an Arkansan too, in addition to being a media person and, I have my certain expectations about what the Arkansas football coach should be and the program should be, and uh, he fits right into it. So it's been it's been a pleasure. I've been enjoying enjoyed my trip. It, it wore me out a little bit. I, I'd forgotten what it's like to go to the road games because I didn't do it at all last year because all the COVID stuff. Um, but I'm looking forward to going. I, I, I'm kind of concerned about my stability after like going to Arlington, going to Oxford, um, you know, or going to Arlington, going to Athens, and going to Oxford. Just it takes a lot out of you going on these road yeah. games, and I like to outwork everybody so I don't sleep as much as I should. But um, All right. Well, talk to it. yourself a little less and take care of yourself. All right, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Keith. All right, everybody. Keith Grayson. Should I talk to myself less? I don't know. Am I talking to myself right now? I mean, if you think about it, when I'm walking around doing the walk and talk, I'm not really talking to anybody. I mean, like, we put it out there for y'all, but I'm just by myself. I'm by myself right now. I mean, there's 319 people on here watching, I guess, but there's nobody else in this room except for me. Maybe I am crazy. Hmm. Maybe I am. I don't know. But anyway, where are we going now? I guess it's time to take a look at Georgia, isn't it? Time to take a look at Georgia. I mean, it's Arkansas hits Georgia week. It's not all about everything that's happened in the past. So Georgia so far has played Clemson, won 10-3 in Charlotte. Clemson's maybe not all they're cracked up to be, maybe not as good as they thought, but won 10-3. At the time, that was obviously viewed as a huge, monstrous matchup. Uh, but Georgia limited them to three points. Wow. UAB, 56-7 Georgia. Uh, in a game that uh, JT Daniels did not play in, I don't believe. Uh, and then South Carolina, 40-13, had some kind of like abdominal. I'm not sure exactly what his injury was, but it was uh, to the body. Uh, South Carolina, 40-13 win. I thought Shane Beamer, you know, as candid and honest as he was about having a 105 stars on the defense and stuff and just being like, damn. Like, the question was ridiculous. Like, you, you can't really say, like, what is your team supposed to think? You know, like, they're just better than y'all. I mean, sixty-two nothing over Vanderbilt and a cakewalk in Nashville. I mean, come on, Vanderbilt. Got to give something better than that. Eleven a.m. game, and then Saturday's game is at noon Eastern time. If you're going to Georgia, Sanford State is a beautiful place to watch a football game. I don't have a problem with Georgia fans. Like I've had you know issues with Texas fans, of course, Texas A&M fans and stuff. But Georgia fans are generally pretty cordial. I know those people very well, obviously. Got a lot of family in the state of Georgia. I'm going to go see my dad on on a Saturday there, or on Friday, I guess. But uh, Georgia fans root for Sam Pittman. They'll be rooting for him in every game except for this one because they know the same thing we know. They like him. I mean, he's just a likable guy. Spent four years there, gave him four years. So They got Auburn after this one, by the way. So just looking at their numbers real quick. Scoring defense, they're number one at 5.8 points per game. I believe Texas A&M was number one. I think they were number one. They're number two now. Arkansas is three at 14.5 points per game. Total defense, Georgia's number one, 185. Arkansas is three, 267. Good to see there. Georgia, number one in rushing defense, 69.5. Texas A&M was number one, and Arkansas changed that. They bounced them all the way down to – 12th 
Is that right? No, they weren't number one in that. They were number one in uh, passing. Number one in pass defense. Georgia's number one in pass defense also, 115.8 yards a game. Texas A&M is two. They were number one. Arkansas bumped them down. Arkansas is three. Scoring offense, Georgia is fourth at 42 points per game. Arkansas is seventh at 35.8. Total offense, Georgia is seventh at 458.3. So the offense isn't just like juggernaut style, you know. Arkansas is fifth at 480. Arkansas putting up a lot of yards and not as many points to match, so needs to change that a little bit. They've had some issues in the red zone a little bit, getting touchdowns. Arkansas is third in rushing offense at 261. Georgia is seventh at 177.5. Georgia hasn't been, like, as far as rushing the ball the last few years, like elite top level, like 18, 19, I think, maybe, 17, 18. Um, it feels like they were always number one. Georgia is sixth in passing offense, 280.5 yards per game. Arkansas is 10th, 219. That's maybe the one major category where Arkansas is a little bit lower. Zamir White leads Georgia with 51.75 rushing yards per game. He is 18th. JT Daniels is eighth. And and passing at 189 yards per game. His efficiency rating is seventh, 160.75. K.J. Jefferson's efficiency rating, by the way, is 170.12, which is third in the SEC. His yards per game isn't like that impressive. He's seventh. I mean, it's good, solid, 211. But his efficiency rating is the more important number there. All right. Questions? We're going to briefly go over questions here, I guess. And before we get started on that, one more time, plenty of ways to watch and listen, of course, Facebook Live, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And we're, we're there, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. But I want to just remind you one more time, if you like the podcast, okay, if you like the free content we put out on our Facebook page and elsewhere, you like consuming the free stuff in our newsletter, you like getting our text alerts and stuff, you want to know how to support the show, the best thing that we offer is our website. That's the best thing. It's that's it's all we're always there. First of all, um, you know this podcast, walk and talk, all that stuff is just kind of side stuff. We use it to to promote the website. So if you want to support Hog Sports and you want the very best of Hog Sports, the best of us, then sign up for the website. It is one dollar for two months, people. That's one point six cents a day. That's eleven cents a week. That's fifty cents a month. And then if you want to keep it, which you will, that's how we get you. We get you in the door on a, on a promotion. But we got a great promotion for you after that. It's Paramount Plus, absolutely free. So that's, that's uh, Comedy Central, Paramount, CBS, Smithsonian, BT, Comedy Central. I think I said that twice. But uh, it's all of those combined into one thing in a streaming service. You get all those Paramount movies. I mean, it is a great great streaming service and a great perk for absolutely free as long as you're subscribed it's not a one-year deal it's for as long as you have all hog sports membership you get paramount plus so sign up there you'll be glad you did h-a-w-g sports.com part of the 24 7 sports network it ends at 10 59 p.m tonight so sign up okay ben looper listening in new jersey Eric Beecham says, can we beat Georgia? Why not us? Why not now? Let's hit them hard from the start. Preseason, even the biggest fans would laugh their tails off. You said eight and four, nine and three. Is that still a pipe dream or pretty realistic in your eyes? It's a, there's a lot of tough opponents left. I mean, if you look down Arkansas' schedule, it's, it's a lot of tough games. Um, I don't necessarily agree with David Pollock that Arkansas has no chance of getting nine wins. I definitely think that I feel like they're going to get seven and then – you know, we'll see after that. I mean, this this matchup is is huge. Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. There's a lot of tough Missouri. There's a lot of a lot of. I mean, these are all SEC teams. It's not like I, th- I think that Arkansas is playing better than most of the teams I mentioned. But I mean, Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss. Those are all top twelve teams in the country. Auburn, I guess, is, is Auburn still ranked? I didn't see, but they had a battle with Georgia State. But they still won by, what, 10 or 14 or something. 
They still won the game. Justin Williams says we're not thinking nine and three, thinking twelve and zero. Melton Rowland says seventeen ten Arkansas over Georgia. Adrian Jones says Texas fans are arrogant. They are. And the, the thing that's I guess got to be frustrating for them is they have so many resources and access to talent and you know money and all that stuff, and you know they still don't live up. I mean, to be honest with you, Georgia fans might get mad at me. Georgia underachieves as a program, or has at least. I think they're they're meeting their potential now under Kirby Smart. I mean, they played for a national championship, lost it on one play, right? Bad, bad situation, bad luck, a lot of that. So, uh, but Georgia fans, Georgia has not won a national championship since 1980, and they they were close, you know, those days, the Herschel Walker days and stuff. And I've said before, I used to drive, I used to live in Wrightsville, Georgia, where Herschel Walker's from, friendliest town in Georgia, Johnson County. Um, but I used to drive by Herschel Walker's mom's house every day on the way to work. Just a normal, like, small, probably, I bet it's probably 1,500-square-foot home, if that, just right there on the highway. What's my prediction for this weekend as a Hog fan? I can't pick against them. Hog 16, Dogs 14. I, I, I'm i not ready. <laughs> I've still got to watch a lot of video of Georgia before I put a prediction out there. Eric Clay says, why not us? I think we should beat Georgia. Why not us? If it comes down to a fourth quarter, I'll take the Hogs. Hogs on the road. First road game also. How are they going to react to the first real road game? I've said before, I thought this last game, split crowd, actually having to travel to the game, all that kind of stuff. A.J. Green's never been on an airplane before, according to Sam Pittman. You know, like, I think all those things are beneficial for our call to kind of ease into this road stretch here. Francis, Francis Young says, I was born in Georgia, but between Arkansas Reds and over 50 years, looking forward to a good, tight game. Both teams will do good. Um, I was born in Georgia also. I was born in Rome, Georgia. I've lived in Arkansas since I was seven, so almost my entire life. Consider myself an Arkansan, tried and true. Lee Finch says this team has the most heart of any team I've seen in a very long time. I would say they have this, the most heart, like going back to like 98 maybe, like really. And Arkansas has had some good teams. I mean, that 2006 season was kind of marred a little bit by all the you know the strife with the Springdale Six and all that stuff, all that crap, but – um, that was a that was a you know there was still a tight bond with that team. You don't win ten games without a tight bond. I just don't believe it. Do I think Trey Knox and Hudson Henry run more time at tight end? Possibly Blake Blake. That's the, I think that's the worst game we're going to see Blake Kern play. He just didn't didn't have it for some reason. And you know sometimes it just kind of snowballs. I mean like he's a better player than that. All right. Um, stats are great when you have no fear in the men. We have don't go 18 Vegas. I mean, that's that's the question. Like 18, that's a lot of points for a team that has won every game by double digits so far. How long before Arkansas – people will say Arkansas is pretty good instead of the team we played didn't play good. I, I think people are saying that. I mean, there's still some people in Texas that are, you know, acting like it's just it was all them that – but national media and stuff, is, is, you know, you hear a different team. I mean, Josh Pate had predicted Arkansas to win. Kirk Herbstreet picked Arkansas to win. How do I think Odom's umbrella defense will perform against Georgia? Very good passing attack, especially if Georgia rushing attack isn't as elite as it has been. I mean, I, I can only assume that they're going to do okay. I, I think it's probably going to be a low-scoring game, a defensive battle. I mean, just based on what we've seen so far. So, yeah, I don't – I don't. I mean, until I see somebody, you know, this year just expose Barry Odom's defense, then I'm going to expect them to, to play well. It's nice to expect greatness, right? Zach Vance says, formula is to get out fast start, get a lead, sow some doubt in Georgia's mind, play good defense, and manufacture some luck. My heart says hogs. I, I would think in this one, okay, two things. Arkansas can't have ten penalties in this one and expect to win the game. And um, – probably need a little bit of help you're on the road in this one it's a true road environment so you're probably going to need a little bit of help in terms of you know turnovers um key penalties things like that luck i mean it's football football that's a category when we talk about keys to victory penalties turnovers special teams uh injuries luck maybe ought to be in there luck y'all want me to say the houston nut thing again you already know you know, I've said it so many times, I don't even have to say it. Somebody will say it in the comments, what I would say about Houston. I always said about the ball. Calling them hogs from Alaska, says Joey Gillenwater. 
had a few folks come over to make sure I was okay. <laughs> Never seen that before. Joshua Cribs, do you think uh, – so you were calling the hogs in Alaska and people were going like, what? what's going on with this guy? Do you think our second string front four is capable of giving solid play this weekend? I'm concerned about our depth in the fourth quarter. The front four on defense, yeah. I, I, I like Arkansas's defensive line depth. Has Georgia really been tested yet? I mean, Clemson – I mean, Clemson – got everything to play for in, in, you know, in that first game before they lose, I would say that's a test. Should we be worried about death at quarterback? I mean, I don't think that Malik is quite ready to take over a game and, you know, be given the whole offense. And, you know, he didn't, like Texas A&M knew he was running the ball every time. So I, let's see what, you know, let's see what happens if he gets to put the ball in the air. It's just, yeah. It's going to be a defensive battle. Daniel Cotton says, late to the show. I think Kern's game is one and fixable. All right, everybody, we've gone about an hour here. So, that ball don't bounce straight up and down, Trey. Thank you, Brian C. Gibson. That's the quote. Have to go into a halftime up two touchdowns. Winning is great. Let's just say healthy. Win. Win. Arkansas has outscored opponents 34-0 in the first quarter. Is that right? Yeah, SEC shorts was great this weekend, Josh. All right, everybody. Joey Marks says 18 and a half points. Favorite is disrespectful. Okay, everybody. We've gone a long time. My voice is starting to crack a little bit. I want to thank Keith Grayson for joining us. I want to thank all of you for your questions. And we had 350, I think, peak viewers on here at one time. We've got 300 on here right now. So one time, one more time, just sign up at Hog Sports. Be glad you did. I promise you, you'll be happy. If you like the show, you like the content we put out, uh, then see what we have for our VIP subscribers at Hog Sports. The VIP message board, the Razor's Edge, just the interactions you get with like-minded Hog fans that have something invested, you know, into our website. Um, is is terrific it's worth the price of admission anyway plus the great content that we put out so sign up at hawgsports.com two dollars one dollar for your for your first month one dollar for your first two months even better that's a hell of a deal all right everybody thanks for joining me appreciate you keith grayson for joining us sorry danny west couldn't join us maybe we'll be able to get him on later in the week uh, but um yeah it's going to be an interesting week interesting week of content so go to hogsports.com for all your vip and free content this has been trey biddy with hogsports.com everybody and we'll catch you next time